You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 826 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland coming to you on a Monday evening into Tuesday morning. And today's show will mostly be a bunch of audio from Travis Schlenk, who addressed the media on Monday morning via Zoom in advance of the Hawks starting up their offseason workouts, the team-wide workouts that begin on Wednesday. Um, I do want to go ahead and plug yesterday's podcast with a bunch of details on that show about what's coming up over the next week plus, and also a couple of mailbag questions and answers on that show. So if you missed that one, check it out, download it, and please subscribe to the podcast. Before we get into the audio with Travis, because there's going to be a lot of audio coming in the next few minutes on the podcast, Travis Funk did say that there is one pending free agent on the Hawks roster that is set to participate this coming week. That was one of the big questions that I had coming in was that who was kind of who was going to be there. Um, There's no official roster at this point in time, although it was widespread reporting on which guys were going to be in attendance for the Hawks uh, in terms of the guys who are under contract because it's all a voluntary workout as I uh, want to remind everybody. But Travis then de- declined to say who it actually is going to be. So he did indicate that the Hawks do plan on releasing a workout roster of some sort, but he was not ready to do that on Monday morning. People were asking me why th- why this would be. I don't really have an answer for you. I'm not really sure what the Hawks gained from holding this information back. My best question slash guess would be that maybe you want to wait till to see who you know passes because you have to have two negative tests to get through and start practicing on Wednesday. Maybe they want to wait until that actually happens. But other than that, I don't really have a guess for you. Um, there was uh, some questioning about who is who is actually going to be. Um, Chris Christopher of the Athletic speculated that um, it could be Scalabissier. I actually would agree with that as a pretty good guess. Not sourced by me, but certainly a guess. He's been around Atlanta lately and also probably is the guy among the young free agents that is uh, that I thought was most likely to be retained because of what Travis was Travis like was saying but during the season last year, etc. So I have no idea who it is, but uh, that'd be my best guess as well to align with what Chris was saying. Regardless, that is the, uh, I guess, the last open question about the uh, workouts is that uh, trying to figure out who's going to be there. Um, there will be some G League guys, to be sure, because they have to have enough players to fall out of roster and the Hawks, again, only have nine guys under contract, but keep that all in mind as we get going through this week. Um, as a reminder here, uh, quickly, I not, I'm not going to play the entire audio. This is about, it was, it's about a half-hour interview with Travis Schlenk. I'm going to break it into segments and sort of talk about what you're going to be hearing along the way. But um, with that said, the first thing I want to play for you is that uh, Travis was asked at the very, very top about the draft when compared to previous drafts and generally how he sees this class. So I'm going to play this audio for you to get us going. Well, I don't think it's a secret um, that, you know, people don't look at this draft as a draft, you know, top heavy per se, but there's always guys that outperform where they're projected, no question. And it's just trying to find those guys. So even though this draft might not have the the hype of some drafts in the past, you know, there'll be, there'll be good players there. And we feel really confident that we're going to get a good player at six. So you hear there from Travis that uh, again, it's not a secret that this draft is not top heavy and he uh, echoes that it takes a lot for him when him to say that out loud. So I know I've been saying it forever on this podcast about how this is not a top heavy draft, but that's something that is definitely worth noting that a GM is now admitting admitting that on the record. Um, Still, 
Obviously, worth pointing out that guys can overperform, but I think if you could kind of tell there that they're not over the moon about the very, very top of the draft. But alas, they're at number six overall. There are some players to go ahead and evaluate, and we'll see what they happen to do at that pick. I don't want to spend too much time on the draft. Um, but the next piece of audio that I want to play for you um, is actually about the expectations. He was asked about kind of what he sees happening or what he's expecting from this offseason workout period in Atlanta, what he's looking to see, what he's looking to evaluate, et cetera. So here's what Travis had to say about that. I think the biggest thing that we want to we want to accomplish out of this is just get our group together and build some more camaraderie. You know, this is the first time Clint's going to have the opportunity to play with our group. Uh, that's going to be big for us. Um, but it's also the first time for our young guys that they've been able to play since March. Um, so it's just getting everyone back together uh, and just really work on a lot of bonding and chemistry stuff. You know, it's tough in a two-week window to really accomplish a lot from a basketball perspective. But from a team building perspective, we feel like that we can uh, accomplish a lot with this uh, little window. And as you hear there, I think one of the themes, frankly, from the media availability was the fact that Travis was sort of downplaying the on-court in terms of X's and O's kind of stuff from this. He did reference Click Capella there, as you heard. Um, but And the young guys getting to play together is certainly something that is, is valuable to some degree. But it's much more about team building. He kept pivoting, pivoting back to that. And I want to play you one more snippet that he uh, actually said later on in the interview. This is not in the exact same answer, but sort of to the same degree. So here is more from Travis on team building. No, it's certainly, like I said, that that's the biggest thing that we hope to accomplish this week. Um, you know, there's not going to be a ton that we're going to be able to accomplish in, in this limited time, you know, from an X and O standpoint, but we can build that camaraderie, you know, having our guys hang out all the time here in the hotel. Um, we did, the staff did a great job putting this hotel together for us. You know, we've got a lot of, a lot of areas where guys can socialize, um, you know, socially distance. Um, so it really turned out to, I couldn't, I'm really, really happy with the way the hotel turned out. So yeah, again, kind of a theme along the way here about building uh, sort of that camaraderie and the way they're going to be feeling throughout this process um, that team building chemistry kind of emphasis is all you can kind of do. I know there is some, obviously some basketball considerations, but this limited period of time and followed by another long break, I think Travis is being kind of realistic there. And uh, you hear that he's, uh, we seemingly pleased with the way that the bubble was constructed as well, which, um, you know, at the very least probably helps in to make things comfortable for the team in the next few days. Okay. Before we get to more audio from Travis Schlank and all kinds of stuff from Monday morning or from our sponsor on today's podcast. And that is the good folks at rockauto.com. Chain stores have often different price tiers for pro mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but at rockauto.com, prices are the same for everybody, and they're always reliably low. Instead of changing prices on what the market dictates like airlines often do, rockauto.com simply presents the lowest prices possible. No matter what kind of car or truck you might have, rockauto.com has everything that you might need, just a few easy clicks, and they will have it delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is also very easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts for your vehicle and choose the brands, the specs, and the prices that you prefer. RockAuto.com is for everyone and does not require membership or an account login of any kind. And best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always low and always the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend more for the exact same auto parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or your truck. And from there, you want it right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, we can get back into the audio now from Travis Schlink from Monday morning. And uh, one of the references that I wanted to play for you is the fact that he was asked 
directly about Clint Capella's stats. I know I referenced him earlier on this podcast, as well as you probably heard Travis reference Clint in an answer earlier on. But this is a more direct question and answer about Clint's status at this point in time. So here's what Travis had to say about where Capella is. Yeah, so he's been uh, back in Atlanta for a few weeks, um, you know, just doing the individual workouts. You know, th- those are tough to see a lot, to be honest, because it's, you know, just been one coach out there and himself. So this will be the first time we actually get to see him go up and down uh, with our guys, which will be exciting. But again, you know, for, for a lot of these guys, you know, they haven't been able to go up and down since March. So we want to make sure that we're cautious with them physically and we don't run out there the first day and have, you know, two or three guys pull a hamstring or something like that. So, you know, trying to build these guys up in a two-week window and still make it productive is what we're going to try to do on the court. But again, having everyone together, spending so much time together, you know, here in the hotel and when we're not here at the practice facility is just really work on bonding uh, these guys on a personal level. Again, it's very important to note that there's not a whole lot you can glean from this with regard to Capella. Obviously, if they were scrimmaging, we could watch this stuff. It'd be a lot more interesting in a lot of respects, but it's uh, it's just good to have him on the court alongside some guys for the first time, because even with him not playing in back in February, he was not practicing either. It wasn't like he was on the, on the court at all. This is the first time, really, that anyone has been able to see Click Capella, who they are deeply invested in, alongside all their young core guys. So that's definitely an uptick of this particular setting. From there... Uh, I want to go back to the draft for a second because Travis was asked about sort of the general approach at number six overall, which has been a topic of conversation, obviously, in Hawks land for quite some time now. So I want to play you what he had to say about that. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think we've proven we're not scared to move up, to move back. Um, you know, we, we've just now started, you know, dialogue with all the other teams now that, you know, everybody's kind of locked in their positions. And obviously most teams are out of the Orlando bubble. So, you know, we'll, we'll gauge and see, you know, what we think the best um, – the best value for that pick is, you know, as I mentioned, we'll be comfortable picking at six, no question. Um, But we'll also gauge and see if we feel like there's value to move up or or value to move back and still, you know, get the guy that we're looking at. I think pretty obviously none of that is new from Travis that you've, uh, that you've just heard there. He said a lot of that similarly along the way here since the lottery and even before that, but wanted to go ahead and play it for you to hear it from directly from him, and obviously they'll take stock of where they are and sort of look for value up and down the draft, and nothing is certain at this point in time. Also, I guess draft focus world, um, he was asked about the early cancellation of the college basketball season and how that has impacted things in terms of the draft scouting standpoint, et cetera, et cetera. So here's his response to that. Yeah, the, so the hard no, the hard part, tricky part about this draft is there are a lot of guys at the top of the draft who, who didn't play much, you know, got hurt, left college early, left their teams overseas early. Uh, as you alluded to, you know, we didn't have conference tournaments this year. We didn't have the NCAA tournament uh, this year as well. So it's not a huge part. You know, we use those events really to go see guys maybe we weren't able to see in the regular season. But, you know, you could be missing out on as many as, you know, five, six, ten games that the, some of these kids would have played that we'd have been able to evaluate them. Um, you know, the good news, if there's good news here is, you know, we weren't the only team that missed out. The other 29 teams are in the same boat. So, you know, it's still an even playing field. Um, you know, obviously, the more you get to see these guys play, the better. But um, again, we're all playing the same deck of cards here. So um, we just go out there and take what we have on record and use that for our evaluation. And from there, I want to play one more piece of draft-focused audio for you. He was asked later on in the interview about the lack of in-person pre-draft workouts and the impact of that, and here was his response. 
Yeah, I think one of the one of the big things as we mentioned, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, didn't play a lot in college or played overseas. So the in-person workouts, not that you put a ton of stock in the workout, but just being able to see them, getting a sense for how big they are, how, how athletic they are, how strong they are, and, you know, not having those that's the importance of actually going to these games and seeing these guys. Cause you know, it's a lot of times off video, you, you don't get the feel for that, that you do in person uh, as you guys know, by, by going to games. So that, that's really the big disadvantage that we have this year from past years. But again, as I mentioned, you know, this isn't a unique to the Atlanta Hawks situation. This, this is every team in the league. So, um, you know, we're, we're on even footing with everyone else. I thought it was noteworthy again, to hear him pivot back to the even footing with everybody else. He's uh Certainly, I think the Hawks uh, got messed up a little bit more than most teams did in terms of not being invited to Orlando and all that stuff. But um, the draft stuff is true. Obviously, the Hawks have a pretty high pick, so it's more of an emphasis. But he was very clear that there's uh, everyone's in the same spot with regard to the draft. And uh, there you go on that. One final thing here as a point of clarification, no audio associated with this, but Travis reiterated again on Monday that he is not going to be able to speak um, about any prospects in particular with regard to players. He might do a vague reference every once in a while, but in terms of using names, talking about players in, in particular, he's not going to do that. That's well known in my kind of circles, but I think fans don't, don't often realize that he's not going to be able to make comments publicly um, and specifically about individual prospects or even free agents. He's not going to be able to do that, so just keep that in mind all the way through this process. Okay, we'll pivot back again one more time to a different topic here. Um Travis was asked about the calendar moving forward and the operating sort of in the unknown throughout this whole time, which I thought was interesting. So I want to play that for you now. Yeah, no, I I think that's been the hardest part for our guys in general is just because of the unprecedented times we're in is just the unknown, you know, the inability to set a calendar. Uh, You know, typically the NBA calendar runs like clockwork, right? We all know when the season starts. We all know when it ends. We all know when the playoffs ends. We all know where the draft is. And, you know, really not just for the players, but for staffs too. You know, we've we've been back in market since early May, you know, doing these individual workouts. And, you know, we've taken a few weeks off just to give the staff and the guys a chance to get away because we've just kind of been stuck in this, you know, individual workout window. So, so it's great that we got this, have this period. Um, we know after this period that we have two weeks off. Uh, and then we'll get back into the individual workouts. Um, you know, the NBA, as you guys are all aware, have given us the November 16th date or 18th date for the draft. Um, so, you know, we're moving in that direction. So the hardest part about this has been the unknown, you know, not having that set calendar. But now it feels like it's starting to come a little, together a little bit. Something that also wasn't on the audio that I wanted to pass along to you is, you know, Travis said for months it was basically two Zoom calls a week for the Hawks and their players and their staff. And he actually kind of made a joke about, quote unquote, lying to the players about what was next. Uh, He was obviously not lying to them, but just kind of not knowing what was going to happen and a lot of changes that happened that were even reported publicly that never ended up actually coming to fruition between bubbles and all this all this stuff. And he sort of laughingly referenced that. But he did say it was more difficult this summer than usual summer, quite obviously. But the implementation of a calendar is a big thing. I think he feels better about it now, just reading between the lines about just kind of what's going to be happening next now that we know when the draft is and all that stuff. It's much easier. He also said that Lloyd Pierce has, quote, done an unbelievable job, end quote, with not just the players, but the public with everything that's going on in society, really leading the way during this time. So he was definitely uh, praiseworthy of Lloyd Pierce. 
at this point in time, and uh, w- with good reason, Lloyd's done a fantastic job this entire time. Um, pivoting away from that just for a second, uh, he was asked about free agency, which I know people always want to know about, so I want to play you what he had to say, sort of as a broad prompt about free agency. Yeah, I can't really um, comment on guys' names yet because typically they're not, they're not free agents yet. But um, as I've said before, uh, there there's good players out there. Um, you know, we're, we'll go and try to get guys we think they're going to fit well with our guys for sure. Um, if we can, you know, find a guy that fits from an age perspective, uh, we won't be scared to give out maybe a longer contract than we have in the past. Um, but if it's an older guy, um, you know, maybe we'll look to, to do a shorter contract, but you know, we, we will have cap space and we'll look to, uh, use it this year as well. I think what stood out to me about that response was that um, the sort of the age consideration that he references there on a long-term deal in particular, something I've talked about a lot in the past is that the Hawks might, might not want to go, you know, three or four years on these older players and age is definitely a factor with this young team, but he sort of says that in a way that's uh, probably more candid than you would normally expect, frankly, and, you know, trying to avoid long-term deals for older guys, et cetera. So keep that all in mind. Uh, this next this next piece of audio that I want to play for you is actually a direct follow-up to that question that you just heard um, with a prompt on what the Hawks have done to fill in the gaps for the spotty info on prospects coming into uh, this draft cycle, especially. So uh, last draft thing along the board here, but I want to give that to you right now. Uh, you know, we do a pretty in-depth job reaching out to all the coaches and trainers, even all the way back to high school and AAU for intel on these guys. And we've just been doing deep dives into film. Uh, you know, we started watching a lot more AAU film, a lot of these young guys as well, um, because you can get a lot of matchups with, you know, a lot of the top freshmen in the country, you know, maybe don't play each other, but they play each other in EYBL or whatever. So those services are out there as well. A couple more things to play for you, and I promise we're winding down here on this audio-heavy podcast. But um, there was a question that Travis got that started with an acknowledgement of the drawbacks for a young team missing out on the trip to Orlando, etc. But Schlenk was also asked specifically in this question about any positives or advantages that might come out of this strange offseason. So I wanted to give you what his response was to that. You know, the, the advantage, that's tough because – if we were in a normal off season, we're able to get guys on the floor and have them playing against each other, but we're not, as I mentioned, after we get through this two week period, uh, we'll be right back to the one on O. So from an individual skills perspective, you know, that's great, but you know, a lot of our guys, you know, they just need to play. They need the experience of playing. And, you know, this is unfortunately an off season where, where we're not getting that, you know, we are not getting, you know, summer league, at least, uh, you know, right now, you know, that, that would have been great. As we all know, DeAndre, Cam, you know, those guys get to get in play summer league last year and whoever we draft in November, you know, that opportunity is not there. So it, it really is, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not, I wish I could tell you there are a bunch of positives, but it's really hard to see them. And, you know, the fact that we were unable to go to Orlando, you know, that hurts, you know, those teams in Orlando got 11 games. And the league's done a great job giving us window, but you know this two weeks is not going to equal it to eleven games that those teams got. You can kind of hear his disappointment there about not going to Orlando, and they really there really aren't a lot of overwhelming positives for the Hawks through that prism, which I think he does a pretty good job of outlining. Other than like maybe fresh bodies and keeping some mileage off these guys, but other than that, not too much 
else there, but he was asked to follow up about not being able to play against other teams during this time, um, even with the acknowledgement of this, uh, you know, this scrimmaging, all that stuff that can be happening this in, in this time period, but it's not the same as uh, playing against other teams, and he went back to his sentiment about Orlando, so here is more from that. Listen, as I said, you know, having the opportunity to have those 11 games would have been extremely valuable for, especially for our young group. Um, but, you know, the decision was made to take 22 teams. I understand why. Um, and the league understands that, you know, there, it, there's something we're missing out on and that's why they've given us this window. Uh, so we plan to take advantage of it um, best we can. This is a bit different of a topic that I wanted to play for you in his response, but it also weaves into his whole team building philosophy. He was essentially asked about his basketball consumption lately with regard to the playoffs. Uh, first, he made a joke about going to bed at 1030, which was actually kind of funny. But then he gave a pretty interesting answer, I thought, about the Easter Conference Finals and what he sort of gleaned from that and pivoted it back to sort of the team building that he's trying to put together in Atlanta. No, especially, you know, watching the Eastern Conference Finals and just seeing how those teams are playing out there and, you know, how you you have to have versatile guys on the floor. You know, it, you're seeing a, a lot of small ball. Now you're starting to see a lot of zone out there. So, you know, it, it goes back to what, you know, we've stated the whole time I've been here, having guys that are all dribble, pass, and shoot. Like, if you have a guy on the floor who doesn't have one of those skills, you're playing four and five. Um, so... I think the other thing, and, and we'll talk a lot about this with our guys this week, is you know just just how physical those guys are playing out there, and how competitive they are, and just you know the level of competition, um, and just trying to get our guys to to see that and understand it. It was good to hear a uh, an old school Travis Schlink dribble, dribble pass and shoot ethos reference. So that was definitely in there. He's a big fan of those things, which I think I think you've heard me probably reference on this podcast numerous times. That's definitely a Travisism, but it happens to be true. Um, you know, versatility on defense, all that stuff that he references there is uh, pretty interesting to consider with regard to the Hawks strategy long term. And obviously they're not, they're not quite there yet, but in the near future, they're hoping to be right there at the top of the league. So that kind of can inform your viewing habits throughout this playoffs. And I think we've been talking about that on PeacheRoofs.com as well with some stuff from Glenn Willis, especially some bubble, uh, bubble observation stuff, trying to sort of compare what the Hawks might be in the future to what we are seeing in the bubble. Um, last two things to, of audio to play for you, one of which is non-basketball related with regard to Travis being prompted about using State Farm Arena as a polling place. And then from there, I'll play one more thing with, with, without a break in between. Um, sort of the final question he was asked about where things stand as he enters his fourth draft as a, as a decision maker. I'll put in a bit of silence in between those two things. But first, Travis on State Farm Arena as a polling place, and second, kind of where the Hawks are right now as Travis continues his tenure at the helm. Yeah, no, so Steve Coonan came up with the idea, and it's just an unbelievable idea. You know, I, I think, well, personally and organizationally, it's extremely important for everyone to exercise their right to vote. Um, and anytime that you see oppression, um, you know, we don't, we, certainly that's not what we stand for, uh, myself personally, or the Atlanta Hawks. So anything we can do to help the community, to give everyone an equal opportunity, we're going to do that. And, you know, when Steve came up with that idea, um, you have to give Fulton County a lot of credit, you know, Fulton County jumped on board right away uh, again. And, and, it, we're not we're not picking a side. We're get, giving everybody the opportunity to make their own decision, but to be heard, and that's the most important thing here. And I think it's great that you're seeing a ton of other organizations do the exact same thing. And you have to give those municipalities credit too, because they could say no, um, but they're not. They're opening it up. So I, I think it's to be applauded for certain. 
I mean, we feel like through the first, uh, what is it, three drafts um, that we've been able to accomplish what we wanted to. We went out, we, we feel good about our young core. Uh, we're able to get multiple picks in a lot of those years. Um, so we do feel, obviously, we're going to go into this draft with the same plan, right? Get the best player we can, maximize the value of the pick that we have. But um, I think as the plan starts to develop, now that we have this young core and we feel good about it, now we have to start become more a little strategic in you know what we do in trades. As you guys are all aware, trade-wise, up until this past trade deadline, a lot of the trades we've made were to use our cap space to accumulate more assets. And so now what you saw, especially with the Clint deal, um, you know, we start to make trades to add to our group, just trying to fill in where we feel like we need help with the draft picks we've made. So the same thing in free agency, past free agency, what you've seen us do are take on salary to accumulate picks or, or more young players. So in free agency, you know, we'll look to get, you know, more aggressive to fill holes on our roster, guys that we think have long-term futures with our young core. So there you have it. That's all the audio that I want to play for you on today's podcast. Sort of a smorgasbord of what was said. Again, about a half hour of audio with regard to everything that was said. And I didn't include everything there just for your editing purposes. But you could definitely get the full idea of what um, was under under uh, the microscope on Monday morning. I will say there was nothing incredibly re- revealing on this uh, particular um, availability from Travis, which is not a big surprise. You know, the GM can be definitely uh, interesting to talk to, but in this kind of uncertain season, before the draft, before free agency, there isn't a whole lot he can say, in addition to uh, what you might be thinking out loud. So just keep that all in mind. I know he, I'd be better if he was more candid, but I think he's actually more candid than many general managers are. So um, shouts to him for that. By the way, uh, president of basketball operations, I would, I would say GM, but uh, he's uh, actually a higher title than that. Keep that in mind as well. Okay. Last thing, um, last final note that I should say, I didn't, I didn't include this audio for a reason because it's not terribly interesting, but Travis was asked about a John Collins extension and any discussions there, uh, to no one's surprise, he did say again, that they're not, they're not actually allowed to talk about those things at this point in time, at least legally under the CBA. Um, he will not be able to do that until free agency arrives, but the direct quote after that was quote, when that window does open up, we'll certainly have conversations with John's representatives end quote. So um, that's always something that, you know, in fact, I had not tweeted about it. People got, people were asking me about that on Twitter. Um, you know, it's coming, there'll be discussions. I'm not sure he's going to actually sign, but they will definitely have that dialogue as soon as they are able to do so. And free agency has not been officially set. The draft is officially on the calendar for November 18th, but free agency, we're all expecting it to be right after that or close to it. Nothing has been officially said about that. So keep uh, that at the forefront as well. There's a lot of uncertainty still somehow as we're here in uh, mid-September, about the uh, timeline for all of that. Okay, thank you, for, thank you as always for listening to the podcast. If you have questions about what you heard or anything else about that Zoom call, please let me know that. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast. I think I said this on yesterday's show as well, but there are still planned Zooms with players and coaches in the next week plus. Um, again, the Hawks are not going to be on the court until at least Wednesday, so nothing's going to be happening on Tuesday. I'll still have more podcast episodes this week, but keep that in mind as well. Please subscribe. Please tell a friend. And uh, yeah, join us again, and we'll be back later on in the week.